Hi, it's good to be with you again. So that I could speak clearly, I'm going to use the alternate version of Je Jehoash's name, which is Joash. So last week we looked at the evil reign of Ahab and Jezebel. Today we will look at the crisis of faith of an unlikely king, Joash. We are all prone to doubts and about regarding our faith, and sometimes those doubts mount up and become a crisis for us. This is something that could happen to any of us and may have already happened to some of you. So what do we do when that happens? We will look at Joash's reaction as well as two contemporary examples to see what we can learn. Billy Graham and Charles Templeton were colleagues. They shared the pulpit for Youth for Christ from 1945 to 1948. In 1948, Templeton decided to go to graduate school at Princeton. Once he graduated, he became an evangelist for the National Council of Churches. The Princeton's dean said about Templeton that he was the most gifted and talented young man in America today for preaching mission work. And at the time, the American Magazine said, Templeton set a new standard for mass evangelism. He even started a church with 1,200 seats, which was soon overflowing. But prior to all of these accomplishments, in 1949, Templeton was facing intellectual struggles regarding his faith, and so was his dear friend, Billy Graham. Billy Graham was poised to preach at an event in Los Angeles that would bolster him into worldwide ministry. But he was facing major doubts about what he thought about his faith in God's word. Templeton tried to convince Graham that he was out of date that people no longer believed that the Bible was the inspired Word of God. He thought that Graham's faith was too simple. What was becoming of Templeton's faith? We'll learn more about that at the end. Please open your book, your study guide, to page 92 that shows the timeline for the kings. From the death of Jehoshaphat, which is a who is a contemporary of Ahab, to Joash is 13 years for the people of Judah. In those years, Judah went from following God under Jehoshaphat and worshiping him in the temple to rejecting the one true God and worshiping idols and neglecting the temple under Queen Athaliah. This is the state of Judah when Joash's story begins. In this remarkable beginning, Joash was protected for God's purpose. God gave Jehoshaphat, his aunt, the courage to hide him and his nurse in the temple along with her husband, um, the high priest Jehoiada. Like Samuel, both were raised in the temple and both had high priests for mentors. Let's consider Joash's time in the temple. We know that Queen Athaliah was worshiping idols, so she wanted nothing to do with the temple. So I could assume that he was free to roam about and, and to move about, which is so crucial to the development of a young child. How much could he have absorbed in his time in the temple? Well, we're told that 85% of our brain is developed by time we're, 80, we're age five. And think about his curiosity all the why questions he would ask about everything he saw Jehoiada and the other priests do every day. 
He had a loving environment too. He had his aunt, his uncle, and his nurse to care for him. And we know that he had a strong attachment to Jehoiada. So considering how he got there, his time with his aunt and uncle in the temple were good years. And then it was time for him to become king at the ripe old age of seven. I want us to look at this again and see some key points. Jehoiada brought out the king's son and put the crown on him. He presented him with a copy of the covenant and proclaimed him king. They anointed him and the people clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king. Jehoiada then made a covenant between the Lord and the king and people that they would be the Lord's people. He also made a covenant between the king and the people. Jehoiada makes these covenants on behalf of Joash because he's too young to make this commitment on his own. But he does give him a copy of the covenant so that he would know what was expected of him. Jehoiada made sure that jo Joash was equipped to rule God's people. And God blessed Joash because he allowed Jehoiada to live to be 130 years old. What a gift to have your mentor with you that long. But he knew, God knew, that, Jeho that Joash needed Jehoiada with him that long. Just like God protected Joash, when was the time that God protected you from danger? What about all those close calls on the road or perhaps surviving an illness? We probably don't even know how many times God has protected us from danger and saved our lives. Each day we need to praise him for this protection. It's never a small thing when we end the day safely at home. Okay, so we've got it. Joash had a good beginning. He was protected for God's purpose and he was and he was and he served God's purpose. We studied how Joash saw that the temple was in need of repair and he set about a method. He would have the Jehoiada and the priests collect the money and do the repairs. Everything was good, right? Well, no. Nothing gets done, so Joash has to go in there, take over the project and the management of the funds, and see that the repairs are getting done. Jehoiada was a good priest, but he was not a good manager. God gifted Joash so he could properly manage the repair of God's temple, and the people trusted him, and they gave him even more money for the repairs. Under the wise counsel of Jehoiada, Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years of Jehoiada the priest. As long as Jehoiada lived, burnt offerings were presented continually in the temple of God. By Jehoiada's faithful service to God, Joash learned, if we are careful to apply godly wisdom to our lives, wisdom will lead us to care for the things of God. God promises to give every believer spiritual gifts. How has God gifted you? How do you use these gifts to serve him? Just like Joash changed the process for the temple repairs when he see, saw that it wasn't being done accurately, we need to pray for the flexibility and the willingness to make changes and corrections when we find ourselves off of God's pathway for our lives. So, Joash had a good beginning for his life. He serves God well in the temple repairs and then Jehoiada dies. 
So even though he was protected for God's purpose and he served God's purpose, Joash turned from God's purpose. When his mentor was no longer influencing him, Joash was at a crossroads, a point of crisis. Was he to continue to follow the covenant made with the people and with God, or turn his back on all that Jehoiada represented? When the opportunity came for Joash to choose, he went from listening to the wise counsel of his mentor Jehoiada to the foolish counsel of, the Judah, of Judah's officials. He should have known the difference. It sounds like someone else we know, doesn't it? Rehoboam. Joash abandoned the temple of God to worship Asherah poles and idols. Instead of sticking to following God as he was taught, he willfully rejected Jehoiada's kindness and wisdom. But God is loving and kind, and just like he sent Nathan to expose David's sin, God has mercy on Joash, and he sends a man of God to warn him. Then the Spirit of God came on Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? You will not prosper. Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. But unlike David, Joash chose not to repent. Instead of trusting God, he lets his fear that the people might turn on him to uh, drive him to do the unthinkable. King Joash did not remember the kindness Zechariah's father Jehoiada had shown him, but killed his son, who said as he lay dying, May the Lord see this and call you to account. This is shocking. This is so shocking. He kills the son of his mentor. And I'm wondering, he probably knew Zechariah. Zechariah is a prophet, a man of God. And so he would have been at the temple at the same time that Joash was being raised there. So he had to have known Zechariah. But still, he, he killed him. He had him killed. It's like a switch went off inside Joash when Jehoiada died. It made me think of our solar panels. When the sun is shining or even on a cloudy day, we have power. But the minute, just like we have power, just like when Jehoiada was present with Joash, he followed God. But when the minute the sun goes down, the panels stop producing power. And the minute that Jehoiada died and his light and wisdom left Joash, he stopped doing what was right. But God sends one more chance for Joash to turn back to him and his covenant. He, Joash would have known about King Jehoshaphat and the time that God sent a mighty army against Judah. When that happened, Jehoshaphat turned to fasting and prayer, and he told the people to turn to fasting and prayer. And God defeated the great armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. But when God sends the Arameans to attack Judah, what does Joash do? Here's his opportunity. Does he turn to God in prayer for deliverance? No, 
He takes it into his own hands. He goes into the temple and he takes out all of the temple wealth and he gives it to the king of Aram so that he would leave Jerusalem. Now, that temple wealth, that's the same wealth that the people gave willingly and abundantly for the temple repairs that Joash managed. But once again, Joash's fear, instead of trusting God, drove his actions. What happened to Joash's faith? We aren't told what doubts he struggled with or what caused him to reject God. Did he take his doubts about God to Jehoiada? Was Jehoiada dismissive? Or maybe Joash didn't want to disappoint Jehoiada with his doubts, so he stayed silent. We don't know. If you are being mentored, trust that your mentor wants to hear about your doubts. And if you're mentoring or parenting, you need to ask the hard questions and be open to hearing without judging. So what was Joash's legacy? Well, his son, Amaziah, did what was right in the eyes of, of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. After a victory in battle that God gave him, he brought back the idols from Mount Seir, and he began worshiping them, even though he was warned by a man of God to stop and to turn back to God. Eventually, he was killed in a very similar way as his father. I heard this quote on Moody Radio, where you kneel tells me where you stand. Joash knelt at the feet of idols and his heart did not stand with God. Perhaps we can better understand Joash's life by considering the parable of the sower. So what soil represents Joash? I think it's the rocky soil because he did follow God while Jehoiada was alive, but he had, uh, his roots were shallow. He had a shallow faith. So when he heard of a differ different way of worshiping from, the Ju from Judah's officials, his, what little faith he had withered and died. When it came time for Joash to take the covenant that Jehoiada had made with, for, on behalf of him and make it his own with the God and the people, Joash rejected, re, Joash rejected it because he had no faith. How does Joash's final chapter of his life impact me? How can I apply it to my life? I do, do I need to ask myself, where do I kneel? Before the holy throne of God or, or before a throne of my own making? How do I react to God's discipline? I need to pray for my eyes to see and a, and a heart to respond to God's discipline in my life. So now the rest of the story of Billy Graham and Charles Templeton's crisis of faith. Billy Graham searched the scripture, prayed and pondered during a walk in the San Bernardino Mountains. Later he recounted praying, I am going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. This assurance of faith that God gave Graham should have taken all of, of Templeton's doubts and wiped them away. But instead, upon hearing Graham's decision, Templeton said this, 
Graham committed intellectual suicide by closing his mind. In 1957, Templeton, destroyed by his doubts, announced that he was an agnostic, he, he resigned from the ministry, and he went back to Canada to be a commentator and a novelist. In 1999, he published Farewell to God, My Reasons for Rejecting the Christian Faith. In 2001, he died of Alzheimer's. Just like Joash, Templeton chose to walk away from his faith. This is a fear we all have. A loved one raised in the church, perhaps even made a public a profession of faith, yet underneath there are doubts that are growing and festering. There are questions that they don't dare ask at risk of disappointing us or no longer being accepted in the group. But this is also an opportunity. God doesn't want to leave them there. Just like Joash and Templeton, he gives our loved one chances to turn back to him wholeheartedly. And we have the opportunity to pray for them, for God to reveal their doubts so that God's pure and holy light can bring truth into their hearts. That's what Billy Graham did. He took his doubts before the throne of God and his word, and by faith, he trusted wholeheartedly in God's inspired word. And that's what we need to do, take our doubts to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the ultimate provider, healer, restorer, sustainer, and holder of the best plans for our lives. You are worthy of our trust. You alone are the one our hearts worship, adore, and obey. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.